if it's useful, if it's helping people save time, save money, save effort, if it's addressing their felt pain points and it's timely, then I think it's going to be sticky. And I think that's what really helps with retention. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse, and today my guest is Ben Aston, who is a digital project manager and online entrepreneur and the founder of the largest and fastest growing community, the digitalprojectmanager.com has 500,000 plus visitors a month. He has 30,000 subscribers. He's got 4,000 members. Ben, how are you doing? Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. Hey, no problem. And so that's quite the community that you built. And I know we're talking about community building today, but first, why don't you tell me a little bit more about the projectmanager.com? Yeah, so we started the Digital Project Manager back in 2012, and it was actually when I was moving to Vancouver. And from the UK, I'd spent, I guess, a decade at that point working in different digital agencies in the UK, moved over to Canada, to Vancouver, and thought, hey, I've got a long winter ahead of me. And the idea was, it was 2012, and I thought my plan was, okay, in 2012, I'm going to launch 12 websites. One of those websites was the Digital Project Manager. So it all started back in 2012 as part of a project to keep myself entertained in the long winter. And uh, yeah, it's been fascinating how the site has grown. It started off, the idea was that I would be writing in an ebook and I thought I'll write a hundred tips for digital project managers. I haven't finished that book, but what I have done is grown this platform because I realized, and it took a few years for this to happen, but people started coming to the website. We started getting traffic. We started getting traction. And then in 2018, I was able to leave my full-time job. So a few years it took but we're able to grow this community to such a point where we could have a company that was based around helping people succeed in the world of digital delivery. And that's really what the community is all about. It's about helping people succeed, helping people get better, connecting people with one another, getting them more confident and getting them more skilled as well in the way that they deliver and manage projects. Nice. And that community that you started building, you said you started off as a website and like an ebook or something that you never finished. Did you end up making that like a smaller version or something like a lead magnet for people to download? Or how did that process work? I thought as I was writing the ebook, well, once I've finished this ebook, who's going to buy it? So I thought, well, I'll drip feed the ebook as blog posts. Uh, that was the idea. Uh, so yeah, it never did become a lead magnet. <laughs> it's still, it's kind of been re-engineered into different things. But lead magnets are interesting. I think lead magnets are interesting because they're great for attracting subscribers. But in my experience now of doing lead magnets, the quality of their subscribers can be quite poor. So you can have people who subscribe just because they want the thing you're offering them, but aren't actually interested in the community or the thing that you're trying to build. So I think there has to be a really good alignment between the lead magnet and what you're actually trying to build. And I think sometimes I've been guilty in the past of giving away things for free and thinking that just because I give away something for free, that someone will be actually interested in what I'm trying to build when they haven't been. I'm a big fan of having lots of lead magnets for one thing. A lot of companies kind of do like well, I'm going to build my business because I'm a coach or whatever. So I'm going to give away 10 tips on blah, blah, blah. And that's like the only thing they ever make. 
And we have an email marketing course called Inbox Mastery. And so far, we've built 13 out of our 50 planned lead magnets. So we're going to have a heavy amount of, of, of separate lead magnets to go into that. And we can talk more about community and stuff after. I don't need to go into our community. But so what did you guys do to kind of get started on building a community after you had a website? Yeah, so I think, I mean, the first thing was, building an email list. So lead magnets were important. Building up a list of people that we could then start having a conversation with. So the, yeah, the first part of the community was, let's get some subscribers, let's get people returning to the website. And then it was just actually happened quite organically. The, the, actually, the next step in the process was we launched a online training. So back in 2018, we launched a course called Mastering Digital Project Management. And by that time, we had lots of subscribers saying, hey, I'd love some online training. So that began a community of people who wanted the training and kept on then being engaged. And around the same time, we launched a Slack team, which in hindsight, perhaps wasn't the best platform to launch it on. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But we created a free Slack team, which has now got yeah 4,000 people in it which is brilliant on the face of it. And we've got lots of people chatting in there, lots of people posting jobs. It's become a really super useful resource. The challenge with it is, is that Slack is not really a community tool. It's a communication tool. It's great for having a chat with your colleagues about whatever you need to chat about, but it's good for chatting. It's not good for retaining information, finding information. So actually, one of the things we did last, no, it was this year, actually, when we launched a formal membership. So we now have about 800 people in our paid membership program. And a year after launching that membership program, we began this transition, which we're currently in from Slack to a new platform called Circle. And Circle is more of a forum, which I think is a much better platform, a much better environment for people to engage in longer form content, conversation, dialogue, rather than a communication tool like Slack, where if there's lots of people chatting about a topic, it kind of flies up the screen, never, never to be seen again. So yeah, we, we have that transition to the forum and uh, that has been challenging to be honest, but what we're doing, we're slowly seeing more people posting more valuable things in the forum and that becoming a really valuable resource. Right. It's funny because the internet originally was nothing but forums right it was usenet was just one giant forum around the world and and then when too many people started using it it got worthless because it was so much spam and, and garbage all over 100 percent. Uh, well i should say useless but yeah moderation and direction for the community are super important yeah you can't have an unmoderated community these days it's just impossible to to do it without it becoming a disaster so are you using any other kind of community tools like maybe like Facebook or LinkedIn groups or like Kajabi or Mighty Networks yeah, or so any of that I've, kind of stuff? Um, we played around with Mighty Networks, but decided in the end that it was just a bit too confusing. I tried it. We played around with it for a while, but just decided there were so many different places to have a conversation. It was just a bit too confusing. So we looked at Kajabi as well. We actually run our membership and our community using MemberPress, which is built on top of WordPress. So that's the platform which we use to gate information. So within our membership, we offer templates, we offer monthly workshops and resources, 
AMA sessions, live mentoring sessions. So the gateway to all of that, including the community forum, is through the website. And we decided to go for WordPress and not use one of these platforms like Kajabi because once you're in the Kajabi kind of world or ecosystem, you're tied in with you know, email is very sticky as a product to then move your membership out of Kajabi is almost unthinkable, stroke impossible. So we wanted the flexibility to be able to tie different platforms together and use the best forum software out there to use the best whatever other tools we want to use out there rather than being stuck in a platform that was kind of restrictive. And Kajabi's forum functionality, I think, is really quite limited. So we wanted the best of the forum world, which I think is right now Circle. Yeah, we looked at, we haven't looked at Circle yet, but we, I mean, we built some pretty massive applications on MemberPress and BBPress and stuff before. I mean, the most recent one we did was probably a year and a half ago, and they had 180,000 users on MemberPress, which you're not going to do that in Kajabi. But we do run our course platform on Kajabi just because it's so simple to enter the courses and, and we can pass the management on to someone else. But more complicated things we definitely build in WordPress or in-house. Yeah, I think MemberPress has just launched its own course functionality as well. So we are going to try integrating that into our site as well. Because we also use a really great tool for training. It's one called Eduflow. And it's a tool that we use for our online course. And the cool thing about it is that it facilitates peer grading, uh, which is one thing. So you do the work, you create a rubric for everyone to mark and assess everyone else's work, and then they mark each other's work. And it's all done through the system. That's cool. Additionally, there's things in there like group projects. It really enables and facilitates this group work rather than you just doing work by yourself in isolation, which I think is super powerful because in the real world, when we're learning, that's how we learn. We learn as much from our peers around us as we do from the teacher who's at the front telling you what to do. So it facilitates this collaborative learning experience. Your group work, you can learn that one or two people do yeah, all the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a fairly technical savvy audience, right? To yeah. begin with, there's probably going to be community building differences. I know for a fact that in some of the groups, like some of the business networking groups I have, you know, there's 30 business owners out of 35 in one of the groups that probably has never even heard of Slack. Right. Yeah. Like they're a complete non-technical audience. In those cases, you kind of get stuck, right? Like you're like, okay, well, I, my choices are Facebook groups or, you know, nothing. <laughs> you know, you got to use something that people are already using. Mighty Networks might be okay for that, I guess. You can use your member press type sites also, as long as you can have some way to communicate with people, you know, by email or something or text messaging, get them to keep coming back. What is the, I mean, we talked about stickiness with Kajabi as a platform, but what's the stickiness in your groups that gets people to come back to your forum and come back to your system itself? I think it's the fixes. And I think it's the fact that people want and need solutions to their problems and they find the solutions to their problems in the community. They know that if they ask something and need help for something, they'll find it. So I think it's about attracting and retaining the right people by providing value through the resources that we have, but also through the, the nature of the conversation and providing a really open conversation and open dialogue where those questions are stupid question. And you know that when you 
ask a question that you're going to get help. So we invest a lot in helping out the community in finding, trying to find fixes to their pain points and making sure it's super valuable. So I think if it's, if it's useful, if it's helping people save time, save money, save effort, if it's addressing their felt pain points and it's timely, then I think it's going to be sticky. And I think that's what really helps with retention. So how do you get kind of into that, get people into that group to start with? I know that like there's a big chicken egg problem, right? Which is I don't have anyone to answer any questions because there's no one in my group because I can't get anybody in my group because there's no answers to the questions kind of thing. So we actually have this exact conundrum with our new communities that we're building at the moment. And the way that we're addressing that is to start small and be really comfortable with it being small. So in this environment, the founding members are super important. So you need to attract the people who you know are going to have something valuable to add to the conversation. So in order to do that and to have create the right kind of environment at the early stage, we're asking people, hey, what do you want to get from this community and what do you want to give? And we're really this kind of idea of paying it forward, giving being more important than receiving and creating that expectation with people right at the beginning that, hey, this is a place for you to share and it'll be helpful for you as well. But primarily your motivation should be to share and to give and to be open. And if you can create the culture where that's that's the norm and we do that right from the beginning with a really small number of people. I mean, it could it can be five, 10 people to start with, but it's about creating the right culture at the beginning. And I think also what's important is Sometimes when we're creating community, we're thinking of creating community for people rather than creating community with them. So these early, these founding members need to have a say and they should be shaping what this community looked like. They, they should be the ones who are helping you architect what the solution is, helping you understand better the pain points that they're experiencing. So I think doing it collaboratively rather than thinking, hey, there's a technical solution that I'm rolling out. I've got Mighty Networks. I've got Kajabi. Okay, community, like form. Well, that's probably not going to work. But what might work is if you actually get people involved right at the beginning before you choose even the platform work out the user needs. And from those user needs, work out, okay, what does your membership or your community best look like to address those needs? Yeah, there's definitely kind of something lacking in some of the online social media communities and stuff these days. They're very rudimentary, I would say, in most of the communities, especially when they start to get larger. The groups seem to be 100 core people who really know what they're talking about and you can get good information from them. But when it gets to 1,000, the other 100 leave. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think keeping it small is important so people can actually know one another. Right. And now do you use, because I know you said you had, what, 800 members in your paid community. Do you split those into smaller groups like cohorts or something like that where like we have 50 people that work in this space of digital project management and we have 50 people that work in this space over here? Or is it just kind of free for all? <laughs> do you know, it started off very much... With the agency world, because that was my background, those were the people who I started the community with. It was people who lived and breathed digital agency, delivering projects for clients within an agency environment. But what's been interesting is over the past decade is actually agencies have not... 
well, I guess people have taken in this kind of expertise in-house. So agencies aren't the only people who have digital project managers now. There's digital project managers in healthcare, in higher education, in nonprofits, in government organizations. So actually, we've seen the landscape change and we have all these digital project managers from different places. So actually, it's a bit of a melting pot of, yeah, client side and agency side different places, different disciplines, different roles. And I think actually that provides a richness because it provides actually opportunities for people to see how things work in different environments, which I think is super helpful. So if somebody was starting their own community right now, what do you think would be maybe the first couple steps to get the ball rolling? Yeah, I think the first steps are finding your founding members. So it's finding those 15, 20 people who you can begin collaborating with and ask them, hey, where do you go for community? What are your pain points that are unmet that you're not finding in those communities? How can we build something that's going to help you do that better? And I think if we're genuinely trying to address a user need, if we're building with people, not just for them, I think that provides us with our best chance. So user research is super important. And then I think I think the technical part is important as well. So as we're building the community, thinking about, okay, what platform am I going to use? How can I best deliver and address these pain points through technology to make it easy for everyone, to make it super accessible? And then begin building your list. So we found our founding members. Maybe we've contacted them through LinkedIn. Maybe their personal connections. We found out what's important to them. We thought about the technology we're going to use. And then we're thinking, okay, yeah, we need a lead magnet. We need something for people to become aware of our community. So SEO is important. And thinking about, okay, so for someone who's addressed that user intent, for someone who perhaps is looking for a better way to manage their digital agency, what what are their pain points? What might they be looking for? Provide a lead magnet that addresses that and then feeds into the community component. So there's got to be a a bit of a bridge between the lead magnet and then the, the thing that we're providing through our membership and community. So it comes back down to really empathy, understanding what people want, why they want it, building with them, and just finding the people then that are relevant to that community. I think the founding member thing is a really great way to get the ball rolling, as well as actually I wrote an article about community several years ago, probably four years ago now that I should go update. But it was about starting communities offline and bringing them online after and how that could be a good way to get kind of your founding members because you can. So I mean, in person nowadays, I'll put in quotes in my air quotes. Yeah. But, you know, that's it's not going to be that way forever. So, you know, or just like you said, people that you already know, maybe you guys can all get together on, you know, like a Zoom call or whatever it is they use for for, you know, your video conferencing and and kind of start the ball rolling that way. And I think I think the, what's important as well is not having too much of a predefined idea about what it's about. Because I think the more that we can test, learn, iterate on what this community is, the more useful it's going to be. So I think just having the idea of the community is a great place to start and don't get too far ahead of yourself too quickly. I'm a big fan of just opening up the gate and saying, you know, what is it that I can help you with and seeing what the responses come back as. And that's actually a really good email marketing trick for you email marketers out there. Send out to your community and say, is there something I can help you with? It's just find out what people reply to you. You'd be surprised at things people will ask you sometimes. I had somebody ask me, actually, when I, I sent that to a group, 
of one of our clients and they 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 emailed back and they asked me where they thought the best place to go on vacation during COVID was. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer was? <laughs> well, for where they lived, I said that they should go to the Oregon coast, a place called Manzanita. And Manzanita is like a small town nestled between a couple larger kind of tourist areas. So Ben, let me ask you this. If somebody is a digital project manager and they want to find out more about your community, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, so check out the digitalprojectmanager.com. And if you want to see all we're doing with our membership, where you can get connected with other people who are delivering digital projects, get more skills and get more confident, find out about our membership on the digitalprojectmanager.com. Nice. And we will have that in the show notes on your podcast player that nobody reads and also at hookseo.com slash podcast. Ben, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's been great chatting with you. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.